What's up, guys? Still getting caught up cranking out episodes from the summer and early fall. So appreciate your patience again. I'm going to get these next five or six out within the next couple of weeks. So look for a lot more episodes coming out. But it had Howard Birch on this episode. Great story, especially for veterans. Um, he, you know, he's got a veteran background. Um, and he also has a very great success story in his first year. And so um, watch the ep- watch the whole episode to hear kind of what he did in his first year and how he exceeded that average salary that inspectors can make and kind of push the envelope a little bit further. Tons of good marketing tactics, um, his construction and background in the services um, come to light as well. And his microphone kicks, kicks my ass. So first one to do that. So hope you enjoy. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Can't thank everyone enough for the for the listens, support, the shares. Um, everyone's starting to really share the podcast on their networks um, just because I, we're just trying to help. And the more people that listen to it, the more people I get on the pod to kind of tell their story and we can just keep sharing knowledge. So again, thank you guys and uh, keep sending ideas uh, our way. All right. Hey, Kevin. Howard, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Love your mic. That was yeah, absolutely. I do. Uh, <laughs> I grew up a gamer, so... <laughs> That's awesome. You're the only person to out mic me so far on this podcast. Well, I never, I never did the live stream or anything like that, but um, I, I definitely am super conscious about like my voice and stuff like that when I come across being recorded. So um, that was something I always invested in uh, when making videos and stuff like that or doing uh, video overlay um, content that was, you know, talking about anything. Uh, I did a lot of narration before this so that's where that came from and then uh it's always stuck around so i don't know it's badass <laughs> that's so badass yeah. yeah you have the best sounding uh, voice yeah i i mean i'm a little nervous you know uh I, I something i'll be honest with you is i i came onto the podcast and uh i wanted to join to do this because when i started as an inspector um your podcast was the first one i listened to in the home inspection industry and i think at the time um you had just got phil from frederick inspections there mm-hmm. that was my first conference and i remember talking to him and uh from that podcast so and it's always been a dream of mine to come on board but uh here we are you know almost nine months later <laughs> that's awesome that's so and, cool uh, man so yeah, cool well thanks for yeah, so- uh for taking the call to to do this man um you know, you probably know the drill. We keep it pretty casual and you, you sent so many good uh, answers and notes ahead of time so we can run through it all. And um, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for people to hear your story too. Yeah. So um, a little bit of my background here, I started in um, the military and then I came out after being a weather forecaster and got into the construction industry for 10 years. So I was in every position from an installer to a site super and then made my way up to a project manager and worked in the construction industry for mainly themed entertainment and commercial. Um, So building brand new buildings and then remodeling on a regular basis. So I had an extensive career. Uh, Orlando here is known for our entertainment industry. So I worked for Universal, I worked for Disney. And then the last company I worked for was Ripley's. And then of course COVID happened. And like a lot of people in the industry, we got let go. And it was time to go ahead and do something new. So um, I came into the home inspection industry and literally did not have a plan or anything like that, did not have any expectation. I knew about it. Uh, I went to conferences and stuff like that, but I was at a point with project management that I was feeling burnt out mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't in 
the themed entertainment anymore. I was working for a solar company and uh, it wasn't as passionate. So I'm a person that is, if it's very boring and routine, um, I'm not going to stick with it. If it's something that's interesting every day, I'm all for it. And that's why themed entertainment worked really well for me. And then here in home inspections, every single house is different. So some days I know I'm looking at a multi-million dollar home. Other days I'm looking at a house that severely needs a lot of work, but you know, it's different because, you know, you're stretching out your experience every time you're getting a new uh, expectation. So uh, there's no um, standard practice or anything like that in terms of like, it's going to be a routine. Sure. It's always going to be different. So I enjoy that. What branch of the military were you in? I was in the Air Force. Um, my brother serves in Marine Corps, so we're a very um, military family. So uh, my grandfather was the first one that really brought that onto us when we were kids growing up. And I was a weather forecaster and was stationed in Louisiana. It was not really, <laughs> it was really hot and everything like that. But I mean, I didn't get to travel anywhere like I wanted to. So mm -hmm. I did my enlistment, but I came back out and like a lot of veterans, that transition process coming back from being in the military to the civilian side is very difficult. And I, I faced that uh, when I came out. That's why I found the construction industry to be really good for me because they trained and, you know, you could go from not having a skill set to having a full skill set in less than a year. So, right. um, and that's, I mean, same thing could be applied to home inspections. I have a young guy right now, he's 19 years old and he wants to get into this industry. He's hungry. He's already come along for some ride-alongs, so it's exciting that he's going to come on board too. Um, and that's where I think that if I knew this ten years ago, I would have been in this industry ten years sooner. Right. It's so nice. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for your service, Mike. And I grew up Air Force brats, so uh, our dad, you know, did thirty years, so we have much, much respect. And our industry obviously has a lot of uh, you know veterans in it, so it's really, really cool to hear. So thank you for that. Um, how you said you had known about the industry? How did you? just know about the industry before you got into it? You said you went to some conferences? I went to, so yeah, I, I, of course I, I bought a house, you know, very early in my, my age, mm -hmm. I'm 31. I bought a house in my like early twenties okay. uh, on my own. So I, I knew what a home inspection was. I had one, but I didn't know much about the industry coming into it because I worked commercial. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did was I started going to uh, Plotty, the Florida Association of Building Inspectors conferences. Yep. And I experienced that first before I came in and talked to other inspectors and said, Hey, what's this about? What's your business about? You know, it kind of gauged everything I needed to know to jump into that business decision. Um, because when I initially came into home inspections, I was thinking, okay, I'll work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'll get my experience and then I'll start my own company. Um, when I found out that a lot of people were not paying uh, a really good wage for that. Uh, it really turned me off. And I said, you know what, I can do this myself. I've seen what it's like after doing the shadowing and seeing those inspections. I said, this is something I can do. It's, it's not something, you know, my, my biggest thing when I started was like everybody else, I got that first jitter of uh, those first couple inspections. Like you're like, oh my God, it's gotta be perfect. If I make a mistake, somebody's going to really, really, I'm going to get sued. You know, that's the worst case scenario. Right. right. Um, and after, I think, I think after like my first five, I was like, okay, cool. I know what I'm doing. I was very confident. It was more so um, I, I had built out the system of how I was going to inspect. I did a lot of trial inspections. My inspection software, you know, with Spectora was great, but I had to build my template out from scratch. Mm -hmm. And once I had my template worked out and I knew what my timing was, I was like, okay, I was like, okay, cool. 
my inspection is going to take me three hours to four hours. I'm going to spend more time on the inspection and it's extremely comprehensive. So the client's going to know everything from the air filter size to any, any question they have, it's going to mm-hmm. be there. And then we're looking for solutions, uh, which is something that I took from project management. When you bring a problem to a key stakeholder on a Ripley's or a Disney executive, they want a solution already in mind. Yes. They don't want to sit there and listen to your problems. So when we go to home inspections, my comments are written like that, where here's the problem, here's the solution. If, you know, if something as simple as, you know, caulking, you know, if you need to caulk a base of a sink or a base of a toilet, they have a guide there that shows them how to caulk that toilet. Oh. And that is where, you know, you're providing that because a lot of times when you're talking with realtors, they're worried about you're going to kill my deal or you're going to scare the buyer. I just tell the buyer, I said, look, this is something you can do. I can do, you know, it's a very simple task. If it's something that needs further evaluation, for example, in the state of Florida, if you need a licensed electrician or a plumber, hire those people, unless you're a licensed individual that can do that. Let's talk about it there. But, you know, it's like coming from that project management lifestyle, I know enough with expenses that when it comes to telling a client, hey, you need to replace your water heater. And then the question's always asked, well, how much is that going to cost? Well, it varies. It can always vary. It depends on how many contractors you decide to hire. Um, but a water heater off the shelf at Home Depot, 500 bucks. There you go. There's your value to determine that price budget to start as a tipping point to get into the job and get it fitted. <clears throat> Excuse me. To get it finished. What's your so, take on... Um on providing them those contractor recommendations or referrals. If they say, well, do you know a plumber? Like I'm not going to put in my water heater as a homeowner. How do you feel about um, that? And you're early in the industry. I, so I've asked that. Yeah. So kind of. it's, it's a little harder for um, when I started out for me, when I started out, because all I knew were commercial contractors. Yep. I did yep. not know residential contractors. Um, what I did was I started calling residential contractors and saying, Hey, I need you to come do shit at my house and take care of this problem. And yep. then I would test them out, see if they were good. So like my roofer that I recommend to everybody, he's roofed my house, he's roofed my parents' house. He's done commercial jobs for me as well, but he's been in the industry for 25 years mm-hmm. and I, I trust that guy. And he has built that relationship just from me being a customer, not before, that was way before I was an inspector. Um, so I look at that way, you know, you need to reach out and talk to those guys and develop them and really, you know, if you can get those recommendations out, give them. Some people look at it as a, as a problem though, you know, Hey, I don't want to deal with, you know, contractor a doing a terrible job and it coming back on me. It's not going to come back on you. It's it, in the reality of it, it. You're not hiring them. You don't have any control of them. Yeah. You know, you're just oh, making a recommendation. You it's know, how the world works. Yeah. Agents yeah. make recommendations all the time and they, uh, they don't worry about I, it. Yeah, I think it's more rude just to tell the client, nah, I'm not going to make a recommendation here. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you to go look at Google. Just pull up Google and see who's highly rated there if you don't know legitimately. At least yeah. help the customer find a solution while they got you on the phone. That's the way they're calling you. Yes, and uh, and we have a tool for that. Obviously, we have the contractor recommendations tool where you can put that in, and that's kind of where we're getting more adoption with that, and I think it's a great thing. So um, we, can, we can dig into that another time. How did you get your first inspection? Because uh, it, it, it's, I'll, I say this with knowing most new inspectors, they can work on their template, they can do training, but it, when it comes to like, oh God, how do I get my first job? What did you do? I, um, so my, my first couple of jobs, like any other inspector, I went out and did 
you know, I went on Zillow, looked up every open house every single day of the week. This is when I started this company, it was like right in the worst time of the year to do it. Do not open a company between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's when you started this past That's year? When I started, yeah, this past year. Wow. <laughs> That's when I got operational and said, I'm going to go ahead and start doing inspections. I have all my, all my ducks are in a row. I'm ready to operate. Um, and that's where I was like, oh no, like it's Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> There's nobody here. Yeah. Um, but no, my first job was actually, um, I, I'm big about talking to people and meeting people. So first person that was my first inspection was actually my barber. Um, we had had like a 10 year relationship and he was just looking to buy a house and he spread the word through his barbershop. And then you know, that's how it works is you start talking to people and they start finding out what you're doing. Wow. Uh, your hair looks great. So your yeah. barber's great, by the way. Yeah, he does, uh, he does a good job. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that's one I haven't heard before of just kind of everyday life talking. Did you just talk about where you were at in the process? Yeah, and he, he was like, oh, this timing's great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I, it, for a professional relationship, because we're not, we don't go drink here or go have friends or anything like that. You know, we're not, we're not on the friend level. We're more acquaintances, but he knows a lot more. He's seen me from when I had started my career, when I got out of the military to mm -hmm. now. And so he's been there that whole journey and I've seen him grow his company as a barbershop as well. Um, but you know, that was, that was the first inspection after that I was, I, I found some agents and started doing some inspections with that. That was the, the main process for that. Nowadays, we have a uh, residential flipping company that we work with. Um, they probably eat my schedule up the most. So I don't how'd you meet them? Uh, so it was just they were hiring me um, through a subcontractor to basically it was like I was like the third man on the totem pole down to the inspector. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem was the middle guy was just doing a terrible job scheduling and was not meeting their expectations. Um, but they saw that I was coming out to every inspection that I was doing for them. And they said, hey, look, we, we wanted to reach out to you and you know, let you know that we love your inspection report. We love what you're doing. Um, we're just gonna start filing the inspections directly to you. And I said, okay, that's fine. I just didn't know who it was at the time that was talking to me on the phone. And then after a couple more months, then we knew, okay, this is who it is. And then they started giving me their new field reps and everything like that. So now my schedule is mostly working with that company, but I still have my new construction inspections and I have my other um, clients as well that come on a weekly basis um, because we have, you know, I started out and I met a lot of new agents at first and surprisingly, I would say about three out of the five first new agents I met, um, those agents were power hitters this year and they're just killing it. How did you meet so, new agents? Uh, through open houses. Um, I joined the Women's Council for local here in Orlando. Uh, there's one in West Volusia as well. That's the one I joined. Um, there's the Aura Association, which is Orlando's Realtors Association. That's a big network of real estate agents you can meet. And then also, you know, Chambers of Commerce, yeah. and I groups. I really, I went out Anything. and said, hey, look, I'm not working, so I'm going to be in everything as quick as possible. So I would, and I still do to this day, I still dedicate time for appointments uh, for those groups. So that way I'm able to attend those and still develop those relationships, but also, you know, do my inspections. Wait, they let you show up to a all women's group? Cause that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The women's council is, hey, I'm, a, uh, I'm an affiliate partner in there. So I'm, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like yeah, a women's it's, it's, group and you were like, Hey, 
I don't care. I'll show up to a women's group, be the only guy in there. Oh, no, I have no problem with it. My, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend may, may be looking at it like she's always worried that, you know, oh, you're in a room with a lot of women realtors. I'm like, it's fine. It's okay. Business. Um, it's just business. Sweetie. Yeah, it's business. I'm there for work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. I, I think that's a lesson that not enough people heed to is, uh, is just join every group you can and get in front of people. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Did that just come naturally to you or how did like? Um, I grew you- up um not being a public kid so when I was like when I grew out of my shell that's where I learned I had the most success was get into everything as much as possible try to be involved as much as possible and um I'm not a very social person like if you talk to my girlfriend she knows like I am very much when I'm at home I'm quiet I'm really you know in my own element um but when I'm outside I'm very extroverted you know so like I'm constantly networking with people and that's something that a lot of inspectors need to really focus on that. You need to get out there and network. You need to not be afraid of being told no. Um, I can't tell you how many times I had in <laughs> real estate offices just tell me to get the hell out of here um, from their office. And it, it's awkward um, and it hurts because, you know, you'd be doing, um, you, you hit like five or 10 real estate offices a day um, for the morning section. And you're like, okay, well, I'm in by the afternoon, you get to your last appointment. And it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth being told no. And that would just motivate me to go find the next real estate office that was like nearest to me on Google Maps and go ahead and check check with them. And then I would get a guess. So have you, did you, have you noticed any, I guess, age um, bias or like, are you connecting with younger agents more? Is that kind of your goal? Or do you just view it as, Hey, any agents um, it's more of the personal relationship because I could see an advantage. And then I could also see kind of the good old boys club, you know, wanting to only work with older inspectors. Like it's a real dynamic, I, you know, like, cause the millennial home inspector fascinates me. And so I, that's why I love talking about this. I, I think that um, a lot of older real estate agents, they have, they're set already. They, they've been doing business the way they've been doing it for the mm-hmm. past 30 years. Uh, it's much harder for them to want to change. What I always recommend is that, you know, that premise of, hey, I'm, I know you got your main relationship. I'm just here as a backup. I love that premise that you've, you've taught and told people multiple times. Um, with newer agents, I have less of an issue connecting with. They're the ones that connect through social media, Instagram. Uh, we really develop much quicker relationships there. Um, same age, same, if anybody's 30 or if they're prior military, the relationship's instant. It, it doesn't matter. If, if you're a veteran and you connect with another veteran, it, it's, it's on. It's yeah. a solid yep. deal. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with when, when I'm working with clients, you know, I don't have any issues with the age there. I think it's more so, yeah, it's the relationships you build and being proactive about, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, when I talk to people, I don't talk about what I do. I talk about myself. I learn about them. And then I wait until they ask me what I do. You know, I let them kind of steer that conversation at the beginning uh, when we're developing that relationship. I love using, yeah, I, I mean, I love that. I would love everyone to use their advantage and press that, whether it's you're younger, you're more experienced, you have background in construction, you're a veteran. I think that makes everyone personal, right? It makes everyone use what's personal to them. And I think that's, that's the most authentic way to grow. So that's really cool to hear. I, I figured that the whole, Hey, you're newish in the business. I'm newish to this business. Let's grow together is such a fun narrative to pitch to agents where it's like, Hey, we're both grinding, trying to grow this thing. Let's do it together. Um, I've seen that one work really well. Yeah, it, it has. Um, 
especially with these new agents that I work with, um, being new, there's a lot of stuff they got to learn about home inspections themselves right. as a new agent. So that's why uh, realtor education is very important. I think that's a great circuit. I think um, when you have enough realtor education presentation set up, you need to just make it free to everybody yeah. and just share that to the entire office and say, Hey, look, here's 12 modules that you can send to your real estate agents. So that way I'm not having to do a presentation. It's already pre-recorded. Oh, and um, that provides excessive value at the beginning without me having to dedicate the time to be there because they're going to see the branding and the, the recording. They're going to know who I am by the time I'm done talking after 10 modules of education. So you just put those together yourself based on the education, you know, and have, Mm-hmm. And so did it I just have, like this, just like hit record and talk through what, what, what does that look have, like? We have content done like that. And then I also have, um, right now I have a videographer setting up for next week. I have a realtor education I'm doing and we're actually going to record it in person at the realtor's office. So this is for a realty company that's here in the land. And uh, that's where one of my power agents comes from. And she brought me into that office. I, I, I think it's been like three months in the making that I've tried to get into this office to meet with these agents. Uh, but that's the thing. You got to be patient. You, gotta yeah. be, you know, everything will come in time. Uh, I know in my experience, it feels like I have been racing to the fences as fast as I can because I'm just trying to exceed the goals I have set up for myself. So she has you come in and what are you going to present on? Like, what's the topic well, going to be? Yeah. So the topic that we're talking about in this one is um, the number one question everybody gets asked in real estate is how much is that going to cost? <laughs> <laughs> so he- hedging on my project management experience, um, there's a lot of tools out there that you can help home buyers and real estate agents find values of what the cost is for painting a room, what the cost is for replacing the AC system. Um, there's a couple of websites like Fixer, uh, HomeWise, um, these are all resources that I think a lot of real estate agents that I meet, they just don't know about it. And then yeah. the other thing is, you know, the good old fashioned way of, you know, you call three contractors, you get three prices and you develop a budget from there. Um, so just kind of sending in more tools to help provide that answer and understanding how to budget maintenance and then also hire licensed and qualified contractors. Uh, same thing too, you know, the, the last in section of the module is how to fire a contractor once you've hired them mm-hmm. and recoup your losses. And so um, it's all comes from experience from just being construction industry. You know, if you bought material already, you already own that material, you know, they do not need you to walk in with it. So it's just more so information to help that buyer get that question answered. Beautiful. Very practical. Um, speaking of education, did you say you opened the Internet Orlando chapter? Yeah. Um, so I just started that here this month in June. So what I'm excited about that is I learned so much in this industry from just talking to other business owners and not just in real estate, not just in home inspections. Uh, a lot of the things that made me really successful early on was from just shutting up, ignoring what I'm thinking and listening to other people talk and seeing. Oh, repeat that. Repeat that. I'm, I'm like, praise, you know, whatever. It's like, to say that again. That's, that's worth repeating. Tell yourself to shut up. <laughs> Listen to what other people are saying works for them and tweak it. Put it into your own business because that is what's been working for me. There's things that I've tweaked that don't work. All right. And I'll be honest with you. When I did Instagram at first, I thought it was going to work. I was going to get clients coming in the door. I've yet to have a single client that's a homeowner call me from Instagram. I've had real estate agents call me, but not 
a single client say, I found you locally. Um, there's things that I, I think that are really good. Like I didn't believe listening to auxiliary services at the beginning was a good option. You know, I kind of held off on that. I wanted to be really good at home inspections and wind mitigations and four points before I got into mold pool and sewer scopes. I lost so much work because I didn't have those services put on at the beginning. Mm. If I had set them up way sooner. So in quarter one, I have, I have my metrics of everything I have up here on the wall uh, telling me what I missed out on. I missed 15 sewer inspections that would have been great. I've had jobs that I've lost too, because I didn't do sewer. Just because they wanted uh, all in one. They just said like, oh, we wanted all in one. one. Yeah. Okay. So my, my biggest thing is that's what I did here in quarter two. I tried to put as many auxiliary services on top. So yep. um, one thing I want to talk about is subcontract. <laughs> You want to subcontract any work you're not doing. So in the state of Florida here, WDOs are a very dicey topic to talk about. So you need to have a pest control license. There's a lot of other litigation that's involved with that from a state perspective. I don't do WDOs, but I subcontract it. Mm -hmm. okay. And I'm very transparent to my clients. I say, look, you know, if you want to hire somebody, it's fine. I can go get you somebody right now. He works for me. This is his rate, you know, or we're going to subcontract him out. He'll be there the same day as the inspection. But you so bill them for it pass it through. Yeah. I build them for it. And you know, I pay the subcontractor and beautiful. just take care of it like a 1099 situation. But to a customer, it's handling it all in one place still. And that's, what's beautiful yeah. about it. And I, I don't that's think what I did was when I didn't have the services, I started finding people to subcontract. Just subcontract. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, think inspectors I mean, utilize that nearly enough. I, over the years, I, I just, they hold off and they, they don't know what they're losing in business. They usually yeah, don't calculate I, I, I think, it. Yeah, it, and that's where it's like, when I started the chapter for InterNACHI, just kind of turn back to that, I wanted to set up an environment where home inspectors can talk to other home inspectors and you can start coordinating. So look, in FABI, I've had home inspectors that have sent me jobs because they can't facilitate it. Or they had a customer calling all the way in Naples that went into a home inspection in Orlando. And they're like, hey, I don't know anybody. I, I can't do it. It's too far away. Yeah. Uh, but here's Howard in Orlando. He'll take care of you. I want the Orlando Internacci chapter to be that. And that is a, a round table discussion. So that way we can dissect, you know, your business and see what you're missing, what you're blindsided to, and just give you information to be opening up to suggestions. So you can stop listening to yourself and listen to what others have to say. Now it's always in a positive light, um, but you know, there's things that you need to know when you're doing things wrong. You know, and sometimes you just got to listen to that. It's really hard for people to have that hubris and be willing to just listen to what's negative. Because um, I know I had a hard time with that when, you know, it comes to my family and members, stuff like that. And I always think like, oh, they're, they're just, they're hating on that or they're, they just don't see what I see. And some of that may be true, but at the end of the day, you know, you just got to be very reflective on your decisions and, you got to also stick with your gut and what works best too for your business. I love your mentality of, of adding value, spreading knowledge. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just a big believer that that comes back to you like tenfold when you try to create a good environment for people to share knowledge, network, and you're not worried about like, oh, come my competition's going to get better. It's like, I, assu I assume you have the oh, mentality yeah. of, dude, the pie is big enough. Let's all just like raise yeah. the industry. It's it's, it's one of those things, like I will say, like there's a lot of inspectors that I meet and um, I, I'm, a, I'm a strong encourager of like, hey, raise your prices, raise what you're doing here. Um, have you thought about this? 
as a solution. And especially with newer inspectors, because there's a lot of guys that get in this industry. And the one thing I hate to see just from one business owner to another is you started and you're going to fail before you even got the chance to start. I, I don't want to see somebody quit. Um, because I know in my experience, most first three months when I started, that phone did not ring. <laughs> it's hard. It's the worst. Emerging money. It hurts. It hurts. It's really, it's one of those things like that's your, that's your moment. That's when you decide, is this really worth it to me? Or am I just wasting my time? You got to stick with it and be motivated. Cause here's the thing. Motivation's fleeting. Dedication is what gets you to the finish line. Ooh. You have to be dedicated to what you're trying to do. Love that. And do you believe that can happen in the absence um, of a vision? Because you mentioned you just had a vision and the dollars you were going to invest. Talk me through a little of what that vision was like, because I imagine that's what got you through those hard times, right? Is like dedication to your vision. Yeah. So the vision, the vision was I, I wanted to, my, my goal is like, I, I wanted to have the ability to have a mechanism that could help give back to others. You know, I'm very charitable in my personal life and I want to do more, but I need more money to do that. Or I need more time or yep. I need, I need more. There's always something more I need. Um, and that is what's vision for right there because I, I, I'm, I'm a single guy. I don't have kids. There's, there's not other things, but what's been really held up into me as a, as a kid growing up and all through my life is the amount of giving to others because you'll always receive it back, you know, mm. and you'll receive it back at the time in your life when you need it most. And um, there's been times in my life personally that I have had that where because I was so charitable in the beginning, it came at the right moment when it needed to be there at that moment. And um, I just, I believe that's how it works. It's, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be willing to give in order to receive. So um, love that. That's, that's the vision. You know, I wanted to be able to help veterans transition. This is a great industry. This is an industry. My brother, he's active duty right now in the Marine Corps. He is excited to get out of that and come here and start doing this. And he's actually asking about setting up and doing uh, home inspections in Hawaii. No so, kidding. Yeah. Why, why do you think this is such a great industry for veterans? It's so it's, it's very regimented. I mean, you have, you have your standards of practice, you have, you know, you, you, you can set up your way of doing the home inspection. Um, it's what you make it, but also I think that, you know, a lot of veterans and active duty members of the service, you know, we just, it clicks really well with, um, the environment we're from, you know, like we do it by the book every time. Um, that, it just it, it it works for me and I, I just want to set that up to help other you know veterans get out of the service and have that stability right away because when you come out you're like man i'm trained in weather forecasting but i can't work at the local weather forecaster i need a broadcasting degree i don't need a meteorology degree for right that. Um, so you're, you're in a lost spot and that's where like the construction industry i think home inspections there's a lot of industries like that where you can come in and develop yourself and rebuild yourself because that's what you did when you came into the military you got broken down and you rebuilt yourself back up so amazing i agree the system and process kind of mentality very prevalent in the military and i think that really jives when it comes to home inspections you're dealing with systems and you have a process that you stick with every time um i, I dig that um let's switch gears for a second and talk digital because I'm millennial, you're millennial, digital just kind of comes, we grew up with it, we grew up with technology, right? So 
Yeah. You mentioned Google My Business. Um, you know, not necessarily yeah. using it for good. You mentioned the scammers. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why is that interesting to you? The Google My Business piece uh, that you put in the notes. So here's the thing is like, there's a lot of um, inspectors that I've met with. And they, when you talk about SEO, you talk about Google My Business. Um, a lot of people are not aware that there's services like Google My Business itself. That is a free service sponsored by Google. That yep. is, you operate that, your account operates that. Um, I get calls every week asking me, hey, do you want to be on the top three of Google? The top three uh, for the information there is that's the top three placements for advertising. That is not top three for SEO. That's not top three for anything like that. The big three is just the advertising you're there. Um, I think Google ads, they can be great. They're crutch to get you to where you're at point where um, you're able to get your own leads coming in on your own. Um, and it does, if you, if you start on it and you lean on that clutch so much, when you turn them off for the first time, uh, my, was it, I think April? That was, it was May, it was March. Um, March, I turned off Google ads in March just to see what would happen. And the whole amount of work fell flat on its face because that was what was bringing in that, those jobs. Um, you got to get to a point where you're not reliant on that as much. So I, I started lowering my budgets lower and lower every month um, because the work started coming in on its own. Um, but no, there, anybody that's telling you something that's too good to be true or they're calling you and they're saying, hey, look, we got to update your Google listing. You know, it's going to be $200 for the year. You know, it's not true. Um, it's a free service. You self-manage it. And I think a lot of uh, home inspectors just need to be aware of what items they manage on the internet and is in their control when they're setting up their Google listings and they're setting up, you know, Yahoo. Uh, same thing for Apple. You have to go ahead and do for Apple Maps. You have to set that up through them. Um, and you have to provide your business documentation to do that. So uh, be really much on top of that and aware of it. Like the PSA. Cause yeah, you're right. It's, it's sometimes uh, we forget I forget to go over the basics sometimes in webinars when I'm like, set up your Google, my business. It is free. You can, you have access to everything should not cost you anything. Um, and that to me, that, and then getting reviews gets a lot of inspectors off to an amazing start. And that doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. That the review process is so important. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, I think Phil's got an amazing system where he's making that high review percentage. I'm going to be honest. Mine's 50. It's it's fifty percent review rate, which is amazing. Let's not compare to yeah. the to the leader in the industry, <laughs> yeah, Phil. Please. He's a, he's a psycho yeah. when it comes to probably asking. So like, bless him, yeah. but you're um, doing amazing. And but there, but let's be honest here about that because not every client you're going to meet is going to be technologically inclined. They right. may never even use Google. You know, they called you up because their you know sister or friend from church told them say, hey, call this guy. There's a lot of people I work with, especially in my area, they're elderly or they're, um, you know, they're just not into that. So don't expect every client to be a review, yeah. um, which is fine. But, you know, also Google's one that I would focus on the most Yelp reviews. I hate Yelp reviews because they get washed out. And um, I've had so many good reviews that were written and Yelp just doesn't like it. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Facebook's a great one too, because those show up on your Google listing ad also, yep. and they count towards that. So try to make sure there's enough options for somebody to pick, because if they're like, oh, I don't do Google, but I do Facebook. Well, they'll put it on Facebook before they put it on Google. Yeah. 
I'm actually looking up um, kind of where you're at and how you're doing 52 Google reviews, dude. That's amazing. Like, yeah. Um, and you're, and you're new to the lost. business. I want people to know, like you, this is exactly yeah. what you're supposed to do. And you're gaining ground on some of these established companies already. And you've only been in the business, what, seven, eight, nine months. So I, I, we started our first home inspection was at the end of November. We Christmas came, so it was very dead during December. Seven months. January is when it turned on. We turned on. We had our first. You know, it was, I think we let me go back and I got to look at the metrics inspectora um, because it was insane how many inspections we did that first. But I just love the the ground you're gaining already, and I think I went from. Yeah, I went from my first month, it was 26, uh, 26 inspections, you know, and the following three months, once we got into March, it was 41. This last month, we did 40 inspections, you know, because today is the first of July. But, you know, we, we took a lot of ground and it just turned out, it was like a faucet. And it's, I've just been sitting there trying to catch my breath <laughs> between the work, but it's been great. And I'm very blessed and thankful for it. But it took a lot of building that during those three months when I started, you know, before I became operational, developing those relationships, telling people, Hey, this is what I'm doing now. Um, because a lot of people, they look at you and they're like, okay, well, that's cool. I don't know you, you know, you're new on the Glock, you got no reputation. You, you got no proof in the pudding yet. Right. Um, so once you have that, you know, it starts compounding. It's a like compound interest. It just keeps building on itself. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate. So, you know, but 60 reviews, my goal was a hundred for the first year. So I was like, I'm trying to get that in 10 months. So I got You're on track left. You're on track. Yeah. Did you, so. did you realize how fortunate you were to be in the state of Florida when you got into the business? Because your average no, ticket, yeah, the average inspection in Florida, pretty badass, right? Uh, four point. Um, yeah, you get it on average, you could do a four point windmill and a home inspection. This usually was required for insurance and buying a house, you know, over five years in age. Um, it's you got, you know, two, you got two auxiliary services already built into built in. Inspection. Yeah. So your average is probably 800 plus, right? And if, if, if we were to run averages across state Florida, more than that? Um, it's a little less than that. Okay. Um, me, here's the thing too, is we have over a hundred inspectors here in Orlando. So just in my central market, it's very competitive. And then we mm -hmm. also have multi-inspectors coming from other parts of the state, such as Miami and Tampa, trying to penetrate into the Orlando market as well. Yeah. Um, what's interesting though, is there is a level of localism here in Florida that people will only work with people that are local to them. Mm. And that works in my benefit. Interesting. That's cool. Here in Orlando. Uh, I'm here in like, you know, like Barry area. So when I get calls, that's usually what they ask. Like, are you from, in are you in town? I'm like, yeah, man, I live, I live like five blocks away from you, man. That's I'm awesome. Right here. You know, and um, it's really good too, because once you get to know your neighbors and you start to do a lot more clients and stuff like that, they're in the local area. Um, it just, it grows into something that's amazing. Like I have, I did a hundred year old house. It was, one, it was my first hundred year old house here in Sanford. It was a historic home. And, um, you know, that family, they've called me out maybe five or six different times just to see them because they're from, they're from Chicago. They come down here, they're renovating this house. Um, they called me out for dinner. We, we built a great relationship wow. and I was just at their house here was it Wednesday, looking at the house, making sure that everything they're trying to get everything set up to do a four point so they can cut their insurance down. 
Got it. But you know, that's the kind of service that we provide is, you know, look, I'm, I'm looking to take care of you and help you even from a consulting perspective, or just being a second set of eyes to tell you what I need to get you a four point and get you passed over to insurance. Um, and, you know, they offer all the time, like, we'll pay you for it. I'm like, it's all right. It's fine. That's, this is I'm, your relationship with me is more important than the money because I know you're going to tell everybody, you know, to use me. Beautiful. I, so you got, you got to invest in that. You got to plant seeds. Yeah. To be ingrained in the local community, right? It's more than yeah. just throwing up some ads and getting in there and doing inspections. Yeah, absolutely. Can you expand a little on that kind of consult consultative consultive approach? Um, because let me give you some context. So like at big conferences, you know, biggest companies in the country, a lot of them are adding services to extend the relationship past the home inspection because they're seeing it as we've just been a one and done industry for 20, 30 years now. What about when the client needs something six months later, nine months later, a reinspection, a pest uh, yeah. inspection, then we're not there. And so what do you make of kind of that model, that changing model of keeping up with your clients because they trust you, right? Your, your clients, you're going to, you're going to have champions between your clients. You're going to have clients that treat you just like a one-time inspection. That's it. They don't want to talk to you ever again. And you see that when you do the follow-up, when you do the follow-up and they're like, they're not responsive or anything like that. People that are real champions behind you, they're going to stick with your business a hundred percent of the way. They're going to be supportive of your business. Uh, they're going to be supportive of you. And that long-term, you know, thing, I, I'm seeing that here with some of my customers that I've served six months ago where, you know, we provide homeowner resources on our website. We Every blog article, everything we talk about is a how-to guide or solution-based approach to a problem that a homeowner may have. And a lot of those articles are written because I had somebody call me up, said, hey, Howard, I have a problem about this. Can you tell me more about it? And I said, don't mind that. If I don't know the answer, I'm honest. I say, like, I don't know, but give me some time to get you some research. And then I write that whole article out and I send it to them. Um, that is what I do with that um, long-term approach. Now, I think when it comes to, you know, things after a year after a home inspection, I think it's fair game um, once you're there, because I have clients asking me, you know, hey, Howard, what do I need to do to, you know, do this DIY project for this problem? You know, I'm looking at brand new washing machines. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have any contractors? You know, those kind of situations. That's, yeah. that's the most common things we get. Um, but I always tell my customers, I said, look, you can text, call me. You know, my phone, I work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, seven days a week. I said, I'm a workaholic. I love this job. I love what I'm doing. Um, it's a great career. And I'm here for you anytime you need it. And that has built so much for my clients because they do it. They take advantage of it. They do reach out. They do take care, you know, take care to ask you for your opinion about your problem uh, that they're dealing with. You know, they want to make sure that they're, um, they're looking to you, we'll put it this way, they're, they're looking to you to be that Google for them because mm -hmm. they trust you already. You did the home inspection, you've taken care of them multiple times during the process as they're closing. And then after that point, anytime they've ever need something, they come to you first. So I think it's a good position to be in. Um, I think that that can turn into a lot of other things too, from a consulting perspective, you know, um, I have project management experience in the background. So like with this renovation for this hundred year old house, we already talked about that. And I said, well, I can't do that until next year. You know, you gotta wait until January. Right, right. 
Um, but this is a big project they're doing. But you're planting the seeds all over and it's going to lead to good things. And I think it can be, it can be done. And we're very interested in threading that needle of helping enable you guys on the tech side to either facilitate those introductions or conversations or whatever it is that the future of this industry looks like and do it in the right way, you know, do it in the ethical way and do it in a way that adds value and everyone wins. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. I, I think that, I think you're right. When we talked about this initially, I think uh, a lot of home inspectors are in the mindset because when I came into the industry, I was told, don't get callbacks. You're going to get sued. Worry about liability. You know, these kind of things It's very much a scary situation. And I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, Nobody's talking about customer service. Nobody's talking about <laughs> value add. This yeah. Is all, yeah. This is all stuff that when I'm project managing and I'm working with subcontractors in construction, you got to have that. You have to be long-term. You look in, you're not looking at this project. You're looking at the next three projects down the pipeline that you're going to be hiring the same subcontractor for. So um, that is where, when I came into this industry, that's what made me want to accelerate because I'm a person that says that like, when you tell me no, don't do this. I'm gonna freaking do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm this is a troublemaker in me. I'm gonna see why I can't do it. Yeah. Why you're saying no? Um, and it's been beneficial because you know the customer service, especially, has really set us apart. Amazing. You mentioned blogging. So you, do you link to your articles or send them back to send clients links to your blog when they ask those mm -hmm. questions? How did writing? Did that was that just a natural evolution and progression for you when you were like, oh, they have a question. Let me write this down so then I don't have to verbally say this to the next 10 people or 100 people. So, funny story. My cousin, he's like eight years younger than me. I'm 31. So he's in his early 20s. And uh, he came in to the house one day and he was like, hey, I need a nail to hang the shelf for his dorm room. And uh, the nail he brought out was like a five inch nail hang this shelf and I said dude you don't need a five inch nail you just need like a one inch nail at the most I said half inch is probably what you need and it's like no man it's got to stay sturdy it's it's a heavy <laughs> shelf I said no it's not that prompted me when I was like developing all this at the beginning when I decided I wanted to make homeowner resources I just remember thinking about that story um me finding articles to write about that came with customers asking questions because once you hear one question I've always been a person that believes that like when you have a process or a solution, you need to record that process or document it because when it comes to training people or it comes to explaining a, how a form needs to be filled out to somebody, you don't want to say that a hundred times. You want to say it one time and just get it documented. Once it's documented, you just send that information over and over again. It saves you so much more time. So like when we do our inspection comments, the articles are in the inspection comments. The video is in the inspection comments. Oh. Great. Solutions are in the inspection comments. So that way I'm not, not that I don't want you to call me back. I want you to call me if you have more questions. Um, but I'm giving you more information than you need to find multiple solutions to solve your one problem. Um, Beautiful. Because I'm giving you choice. <laughs> Beautiful. And were you an expert writer when you started this or did you just kind of um, start writing? I, I like to write personally. I like to write from my personal experience. Nowadays, given the amount of time that's invested in everything like that, I'm going to give you one tidbit here for anybody that has never written a blog before and you have trouble with writer's block. There are AI writing tools now. And I'm not going to name drop any brands or anything like that, but there's one I use. I love it. It's $50 a month. It's, it, it's great because I use that not just for my email writing. I use that for every aspect of my business. 
uh, when I'm writing because I need to be quicker and faster. And when it comes to writing long form content, such as a blog article, um, I need to have something written there fast. You know, yeah. I, you can write out the main just points of what you're wanting to talk about and it can help expand and give you filler words or help give you suggestions on what you should start talking about in addition to the topic you're talking about. Um, it makes it really easy to start to do that because I, I normally when I started a blog article, it would take me, you know, three hours to write something because I'm brainstorming it. I'm thinking about it on the way at, between inspections. You know, I get home, I got to write out my, my outline and then I start writing about my articles. Then I start doing research and stuff like that. <laughs> it, it's and time it, consuming, it gets, man. It gets kind of, yeah, you could, you could spend as, many t- as much time as you want. It depends on how detailed you want to be in the writing. Um, with the AI writing, my same process, I do my research and I still bring my articles in for sources, um, but I can write the article in less than 30 minutes, you know, and save my time. Uh, so bringing that down to like an hour to write a blog article. Beautiful. So 30 minutes research, 30 minutes to write it. So, um, but it, it really depends, you know, like everything, um, some topics are more harder to write about than others. Um, you know, like if you're getting something more specific, like mold versus, you know, I'm talking about, you know, 12 ways to make sure your floors are clean, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it varies. So, Look- I mean, there is a solution to that. The other thing is some, you can always subcontract it out. I'm a big recommendation on that. Um, use, use Fiverr, use freelance, um, websites to have somebody write it, but you always want to proofread what they're writing, make sure yeah. the content's right. Yeah, no shortage of, of content writing tools out there that I always try and urge inspectors to look at. How did you get, I'm looking at your site. How did you get featured on Yahoo Finance and Business Insider? Um, reached out for that. <laughs> um, those, you, you got, you can do press releases. Um, this is something that's been around forever with companies. You can get, you know, you, you just got to be very diligent about what you write for a press release and you have to write it well enough that it's going to be newsworthy. Um, and then you have to reach out to every single publication that you are targeting to see if they'll even feature it. So um, did that, got a couple of press releases, um, but then I found somebody that was actually in uh, PR that was starting to do that now. So they're taking care of that aspect and I'm not even having to worry about it. So like I said, back to subcontracting. I subcontract my CPA, I subcontract my SEO, I subcontract out everything that it's not inspecting and not marketing um, because I'm good at the marketing side. I'm good at the inspection side. I do the phones. I do my own customer service. That's what I'm good at. Um, everything else, I, I rather have somebody else take care of it because they're the expert. They're going to do a better job in a quicker time frame than I can. And at the end of the day, it's still an expense for the business. It's not going to hurt me. It, it's much cheaper to pay somebody, you know, a thousand dollars a month to do SEO or, you know, a task for you, then it is to hire a full-time employee because you got social security, you got Medicare, you got all these other things that are tied in with that versus if you pay another company to do it. That's so smart. I think bridging that gap. Yeah. You got to outsource contract until you're at the point where you gain efficiencies by bringing someone in-house. And that's what Mm -hmm. Mike and Mike and I did in the early days of Spectora. Amazing. Um, Man, we've gotten into so much cool stuff. I love this. Um, Let Let's, let's, let's wrap here with some of the, the fun questions about the favorite tool and toy. Cause it's, it sounds like yeah. you, you got a, a badass ladder. Yeah. So, um, I, so when I got into home inspections, I sold my Toyota Tundra 2020 when 
everybody was offering more than what it was worth. Oh, so you got a good price. <laughs> I got a good price, but I bought a Mazda 3 hatchback. So I had no ladder rack, no way of getting a ladder. And so I found this ladder called the Extend Ladder uh, through Amazon. And it's fold down to two and a half feet and it goes up to 22 feet. So mm. I love that ladder. Um, here in Florida, we have a lot of play tile roofs. That's pretty common here, shingle. It's two most common types of roofs we have. We have high pitch and usually flat roofs with modified bitmen. Um, the, when I deal with clay tile roofs, those tiles crack under no pressure at all. So I use the drone, I love the DJI Mini. Uh, if you take the time to go get your drone license or you know, if you're just wanting to learn how to fly a drone for recreational purposes, um, the DJI is the best because it's very cheap, it's affordable, it's $500. I've, crashed like three drones <laughs> but i'll be honest with you five hundred dollars is much more easier to pay and get a new one than to go out and you know crash a twenty five hundred dollar drone or something that's a little bit more expensive um because when you're learning you're gonna you're gonna have to learn all that you're gonna have to learn you know how to fly properly and you know nine times out of ten it wasn't a house that caused it to do it it was actually me on vacation hitting trees so <laughs> how long did it take to get the drone license um, I, I, being prior Air Force uh, and weather forecaster, it took me no time at all. I, I, I literally sat down, watched the YouTube video that was documented for that, applied for my license with uh, the local one here in Sanford. They have an office that was here for that and had my license, you know, taken care of like less than a week. Oh. So it just depends on how much you want to study. I mean, it was for me, it was a little bit easier because I have weather and airfield training. So, like, I know what they're talking about from that uh curriculum um it's not a difficult thing to, that anybody can't learn you know um you can learn that stuff it's it's i wouldn't recommend paying for a a drone education course or anything like that all that information is publicly available you know the, it's a government sponsored thing so they want you to pass that test got it just read just take the time to open the book and read <laughs> yeah yeah, you had the cheat code, but yeah, it sounds like it, anyone can kind of can get that. Um, okay, so you've been been official for about seven months. What what's some things you've learned to never do as a as a new home inspector or as a home inspector in general? Don't I, I mentioned that? Don't give the candy bowls out. Um, it just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> it's the old school way. It, it worked at one time. It had its time. It had it has time. I mean, it's it's one of those things where uh, I think folks, you know it. I tell my girlfriend, I'm like, hey, you'd be great for marketing. Just walk in there with a cami goal and you, 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 you kill it. You'd do yeah. way better than I would. Uh, <laughs> um, but what I would say, let me just go back here because I have my notes here. Um, it's, you know, avoiding customer service is one of those big ones. Um, you don't want to avoid that. You want to make sure you're getting those callbacks. You're following up, keeping tabs on your clients because, I always, I'm always a person that doesn't assume anything. I always assume the worst um, that, you know, they may be upset. They're just not going to talk about it. And I'm not afraid to make that phone call if they are upset. Um, I Be the customer service perspective, because if there is something that's wrong, you can resolve it much earlier than letting them stew on that problem and getting it worse. Yes. Um, my business was built completely on that trust that I said, you know, and I over, you know, I, under promise what I can do intentionally. I don't try to over promise anything. 
Um, so that way, when I do meet the expectation, exceed it, it looks great in front of the eyes of the client. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just very much work within my means. I try not to overpromise anything I can't do. So if I say I'm going to be there at five o'clock in the morning and I'm going to be there with a cup of coffee, taking care of my client for their home inspection that they need today because they're closing inspection periods less than a day, I'm going to be there for that. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to go to bed early. I'm going to make sure it happens. Um, because you do not want to get known for being late, excuse, mm-hmm. any kind of excuses or anything like that. You know, things happen. Like, for example, this week, I had a root canal here that happened on Monday. It was an emergency. I couldn't get a dentist over the weekend. I didn't oh. cancel my appointments. I only canceled one appointment uh, for the afternoon so I could get to the dentist appointment. And I explained <laughs> to him exactly what was happening because at that point, my face was swollen all the way up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a safety issue for everyone involved. Somebody, it, it looked like somebody hit me with a baseball bat. That was how bad it was. We can and, make that the thumbnail. Um, Send me. We'll make that the YouTube thumbnail. Send me. <laughs> please. It was. It was bad. Um, I, I've only shown that video to like two people: yeah. my girlfriend, obviously, and then my my, my parents. Yeah, you know, and they were just so worried. Um, but I had a client that needed to have that inspection in the morning, and they're like, "Look, it's a multi-million dollar property." I said, and at that time, I was in so much pain; it didn't hurt. You know, the, the, the amount of hurt didn't matter for the amount of money that was getting paid on that inspection. It was a good, good inspection, but I was willing to turn it away because I need medical attention. I still came out, did the inspection, bit my tongue through it. You know, I let the client know they're seeing it, obviously, so they're feeling terrible. But I'm like, look, I promised you, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go back on that promise. If we were, if you're going to, if you're not going to be able to do it, you know, if we could have rescheduled it, we would have rescheduled it. But you got to do that. You can't afford not to because your reputation is going to precede you in ways that you don't know so and that's that's what i would say is don't avoid customer service amazing Take care amazing make your commitments and actually commit to them uh, because your reputation is going to build off that yeah it's a mentality that you have to adopt to, to be in this for the long haul um let's go advice for new inspectors because you've talked over this pod about a lot of efficiency um, a lot of areas where you gain efficiencies by outsourcing, but yeah, let's dive into some of these, um, in terms of p- advice for new inspectors. Yeah. Um, so first thing everybody's, you know, you, you got two routes, Rich. you can, you can set up an inspection company that you're going to go multi right off the bat. Um, you need more capital to do that. If you're a single guy in a truck like myself, um, everybody's in a rush to get that second inspector or grow, you know, um, what I'm going to say is you need to really harp in and get laser focused on what you need from your business. How much money do I need every month to take care of my bills, take care of my family, take care of my obligations. You know what you need because before you became a home inspector and you started your own company, you worked somewhere, you had an income, you know what that number needs to be at. Pay yourself that number. Don't change it. Don't pay more, don't pay less, you know, unless you need more money for operational expenses, but pick a comfortable number. In my case, it's a, it's a, it's a very low number <laughs> um, because I don't need a lot. Yeah, I, low I, burn I rates. Great. Yeah. So I am not worried if I lose, if I don't have an inspection for the entire month, I'm not worried about it. I, I have a second set of income. I'm fortunate for that, but my number that I need is very low. Um, but I need to pay myself a salary. So you want to set that up as your routine salary. You want to avoid jumping the gun and trying to hire additional inspectors um, until your workload 
is at a point where you can't handle it anymore. You're turning away work. Yep. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I have, I have another inspector coming on board and hopefully he'll turn out great. But during that time, I can't utilize them for three months. So just don't think that having a new inspector on board is going to instantly solve your problem. No, you're actually going to have a bigger problem for the next three months until they can do their own inspections. It's double work uh, until then. You're... The you need to. Yeah. Um, but use your capital as much as possible that you have in your account, because if you're paying yourself low and you're, all, you're only one guy in a truck, use your capital to make major investments for your company and help grow it. So if you need to hire a CPA, hire them. If you need to hire SEO, hire SEO, hire a virtual assistant. I'm, I, I'm, this is the best advice I can give to anybody. Hire a virtual assistant. They will save you so much time and money and headache by solving problems of things that you need to do for your business anyways. You know, I need to reach out to uh, follow up with these customers. I need to follow up with uh, these real estate agents or I'm just establishing a cold call list for when I do my marketing on Monday. Um, that cold call list is written by a virtual assistant. You know, she puts it all into a spreadsheet. She's got all the information. And all I have to do is when Monday morning comes around, I make all my cold calls. I make all my follow-up calls. I got my CRM set up to do that, you know, through a spreadsheet. And that's, that's all she does. And I pay her for 10 hours a week and it's the best money I've ever spent. Um, hire an SEO team, you know, take those auxiliary services on earlier than I did. Uh, I waited a whole quarter. If you can do, if you can get into an auxiliary service really quickly, some of the best ones like for here in Florida, it's four points of wind mitigations. I did, uh, let's see, we did 106, wind mitts and 87 four points just in the first quarter um so oh, i'm finishing up this month's uh this quarter's uh numbers still but it was more than enough you know 200 inspections off of a certification that cost me like 200 to go get right. so go get those certifications go get pool inspections go get stuff that's very simple and easy that you can add on to your home inspection report as an add-on, you know, WDOs in other states, it, it, that's one that should go hand in hand with every inspection. Here in Florida, we do WDOs, but you know, I don't get a lot of requests for them, you know, to be honest, because normally when I see them, I make the recommendation saying, hey, we need to get you a pest control guy in here to go ahead and write your WDO up. Um, but yeah, just really focus on staying lean overall and use your capital the best you can. Because what happens is when you're paying yourself, in my case, I'm an S corp corporation. So um, you gotta remember when you pay yourself a W-2, you gotta pay your business taxes and you gotta pay your personal taxes. A lot of inspectors, you know, I've seen them take money out of their accounts or their business account. And then, you know, first quarter hits and they're like, oh crap, I didn't have any money in my account. I've already spent that money to pay my taxes. So just be aware of the expenses that are routine to your company on a quarterly or yearly basis or monthly basis, you know, such as, you know, inspection software fees, you know, those things and budget for that. You know, you want to make sure you're building that capital. In my case, I'm using my capital to be able to pay for the next employee and have their salary paid for the entire year. So set goals up for yourself. Be very diligent about it. Um, try not to overspend. You'll be all right. Amazing. So much knowledge. Um, one wish list item for Spectora. <laughs> Lay it on me. I, I want your agent CRM. I want a CRM so I can cold call. I, I, 
I, so what I love so far about the sectory is you can go back and you can pull an entire uh, CVS sheet of every inspection you've done, which agents you've done, how many uh, inspections the agent has done with you. What I would like to know is, you know, because what I'm doing is I'm having to like kind of reinvent the wheel, bring it out as a CVS, um, is have a little bit more agent specific CRM um, to where I know exactly how long it's been since they've booked an inspection with us what is their total revenue that they've generated working with us? Um, so that way I can be okay. I, I, I can start sifting through hundreds of agents and say, okay, these are like my top 25 agents that I need to really nurture the most to make sure that those relationships still stay profitable. Or, you know, which agents are my newest agents that I just brought on here in the last, you know, 90 days that I need to start working the relationship a little bit more with. You know, um, a lot of those times, you know, if that was all built in one tool, it'd be great uh, to help with that situation. But I mean, you guys do a great software. I love it already. Um, and not to really preach about, you know, uh, Tectora, but I think you guys did a great job because I still can pull that information out of the CBS. So I have it there. It's just up to me to make sure I'm utilizing that information. And it's there, it's available, you know, you just got to look for it. So, um, but like, I like to know when my top performers are doing really well. I keep information like their birthday involved. You know, I make sure I know what coffee they like. Anytime we go out to lunch or dinner, I make sure I have a note of where we went. And so, Ooh. you know, um, but like I had an agent here, one of my top performing agents, her, her name is April, and what's great is her birthday is April 1st, so like it was very easy to remember that when we established a relationship. So I sent flowers on her birthday to her office, and sure enough, everybody in the office was like, who sent you flowers? Uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Ha and that's happy because we were friends, yeah. Happy to report these are tools that we are working on this quarter, so oh, they are they perfect. are coming. Uh, it's so good. This is such, uh, you, everything you said, I'm just like, yeah, I cannot wait till we build this because. Yeah, no, that, it's. Because I mean, that's the hard, I think that's the hardest thing is like, you, you're going to have a turnover agents. You're going to have to know which agents have turned you over and found a different inspector, haven't used you in 130 days or whatever the case is, um, that they're, they've gone cold, you know, but you can reach back out to them then and say, hey, look, hey, we haven't worked in a while. We missed you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rope hey, them back in. Remind them that way. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like when you're, when you're doing, when you're a single guy in a truck, you're focused in, in the field, you're not seeing that, you know? Right. Um, whereas as a business owner, I'm, I, I see that, like, I need to make sure I'm nurturing those contacts to bring more work in. So. Amazing. This has been great. Uh, where can people oh, yeah. find you, Howard? Where can people connect? I know you're going to have a ton of uh, inspectors wanting to network with you and just kind of. Yeah, absolutely. You can shop. find me on the Orlando Internacci chapter. Um, obviously that's the first place I want you to look for me. Yeah. Um, you can always give me a call. My phone number is going to be, I'll give you my information so you can list it as well. Cool. Um, and you can find us on our website, homeshapeinspections.com. And then of course we're on Instagram. We got a YouTube channel that we're starting here. It's yes. I got a lot of hands at different baskets. Heck but, yeah. Um, it's good. I like to make sure I'm constantly busy. Uh <laughs> I, I'm I'm so happy for your success and, and and I can tell you're just getting started. You're doing all the right things, man. So um, oh yeah, no, and I'm, I want I want to I want to be a firm believer here and say, look, you know, anybody tells you that hey, your inspection business is only going to make sixty thousand dollars in its first year, they're lying to you. 
I don't care what the national average is saying. You make your averages. And we exceeded that number well back in the past already. So it's amazing. Just keep crushing it and keep on going out there and working hard, guys. You know, you're not alone. Everybody's doing the same thing. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Howard, thank you so much for this, man. Great, great pod. I will, uh, I'll hit you up when, when we release this. I'm sure you'll want to push it out in your channels, but uh, thanks for sharing all the knowledge, brother. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Take care.